It's a good question. I think, you know, we're not going to, you know, label anything, but I think our expectations are always to win, to be competitive, um, to hold our guys accountable, uh, to make sure they're learning to play the right way. Um, and so with, a, you know, a number of new faces and, you know, that'll be top of top of mind again. But I think, um, you know, there is a core that has won. There's a core that's been in the league, you know, a decent amount of time. Um, and so it'll just be fitting the pieces around those players. Um, so, yeah, we expect to compete every night, and, and I think we'll we'll surprise a few people too. That is Bobby Webster, general manager of the Raptors. It was Raptors media day. Medicals training camp uh, for all intents and purposes starts tomorrow, but everybody got up there and spoke today. Welcome to Toronto Today. Jim Taddy with you for the next hour. Then this gameplay with Matthew Cause. So coming up in the broadcast today, considerable amount of discussion about the Raptors. Nikki Reyes, my Raptors uh, game night partner, will join me very shortly. And you, of course, James Myrtle at the bottom of the hour from the Athletic talking about the Leafs who are off to Montreal tonight. And a couple of tidbits I can throw you about that game. Uh, Campbell will start in goal for the Leafs. Mrazek will come in halfway through. Uh, in terms of uh, the lineups, uh, Richie and Marner is a combo with center by Brooks. Gusev, Camp, and Kashe, another line. Uh, Riley Dermott uh, and Dahlstrom and Hall are uh, the couple of the defensive pairings. So we'll go over the Leafs stuff later on in greater detail. And uh, Delano Benton will stop by the newest Raptor. Well, one of the new Raptors anyway, Toronto kid, uh, born in the Rexdale area, grew up there and uh, first Canadian drafted by the Raptors. So he had an interesting uh, summer session, a great uh, couple of months for him, and uh, he's ready to go with Scotty Barnes to lead the Raptors to the next step. I mean, this is, you know, when you talk about the Raptors, uh, you know, a lot of people, and I, and I would have done this too, you'd go back to when Masai arrived 2013 and, and look at it that way, but this roster is um, not anywhere close to what that one was, and, and I think it's a positive statement that I'm making because that roster was, was fairly negotiable and was to the point where they almost traded Kyle Lowry away, so, uh, and they lucked, they lucked into it, and Masai admitted that with that trade to move Rudy Gay out, what they got back was a bench, and um, one of the best benches in the league at that time, so. I mean, they, they did things that turned out rather well, which is kind of a Raptor thing. Uh, but this team has a lot of size and length, uh, a lot of versatility, a lot of athleticism. Uh, and, and so we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, obviously, you know, one of the big concerns right out of the gate is uh, Pascal Siakam. Nick Nurse spoke on Siakam's status and replacing his production earlier today. Pascal looks really good right now. It looks, um, I mean, if you went in the gym and saw him working out, you wouldn't know. That he was uh, anything. I mean, he's moving full speed. He's, he's in great shape. His uh, conditioning looks, you know, good. He's done. A, he's done a great job. You wouldn't know. I mean, obviously, it just takes some more time to to make sure we're ready to handle contact and some of those things with that thing. Um, and you know, obviously, that's gonna that's gonna. There's a lot of shots and a lot of um, chances um, for for other guys to to fill in. I mean, obviously, we know that. I don't, I don't know how it'll shake out in the end, but it should give OG uh, some room to, to grow there a little bit in the early season. Scotty, obviously, will get some of those cracks. Chris Boucher, um, Gary Trent. I mean, you know, there's, I think there's, again, plenty of guys that'll be lining up to, to, to fill in for those chances. And, um, but it'll obviously, it'll be, you know, a bit of a setback at the start because he's, you know, our, our primary guy and, and uh, a guy we were super, you know, reliant on to to provide a lot at both ends. So, um, yeah, we'll miss him till he gets back. But let's hope it's not too long. 
Yeah, so you remember we had his agent on last week, and it seemed like uh, maybe sometime in November, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And the developing story, of course, is, is Scotty Barnes, and that was a jaw-dropper when they drafted him because everybody had uh, another pick in mind. But you knowing how the Raptors uh, case out their players and, and how they do their due diligence, uh, you know, Raptors fans wouldn't argue with this because I, I think that they have a scoop here. So Scotty Barnes, uh, last year Malachi Flynn, we didn't know what to expect. And injury and circumstance pushed him forward, and he developed nicely. And I think Nick Nurse talking on Scotty Barnes uh, this year, uh, you know, he had, has high hopes. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, first of all, his role is going to be huge. I'm, I'm sitting here from day one to give him as many minutes and reps and all those things that, that he can, that he can uh, handle. I think his, his impact of defending, rebounding, running, spirit, enthusiasm, uh, size, all that stuff um, gets, him, gets him in the mix uh, early and often, and, and he'll stay in there. Um, often and late, <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, and where is he? Well, I think that um, he's really um, improved. I mean, I, you know, obviously we've worked on um, worked on his shooting right away from day one. And he's, you know, like you've heard me sit up here before and talk about some of these other guys in the past. He's really taken to it. Uh, the mechanics look really good. You know, it just takes a little time, you know, to get super comfortable and get that get those mechanics on kind of kind of autopilot, right? So that looks good. Um, we'll keep working at the the scoring, the, the figure out where we can get him the ball and where he can get some chances and things like that, and go from there. But no, he looks, you know, he looks great to me. Well, we'll see. A lot of anticipation. So the Raptors preseason starts a week tonight, and they only have three preseason games. Their season opener at home, so it's a home and season opener uh, Wednesday, October 20th against Washington. Uh, the next game, uh, our first game, is actually the, the Friday uh, in Boston. Uh, and the, the thing about the schedule is it almost runs, it's just a week off. It almost runs parallel to the, the hockey schedule, which is odd. Usually there's a three to four weeks difference. And the other odd thing is because of the Olympic break for hockey, uh, the, the basketball regular season actually ends before the hockey season does, which is totally odd, but we'll worry about that when we get there. Now let's get some perspective now. Let's bring in my co-host on Raptors game night, Nikki Reyes. Nikki, how are you today? Hi, Div. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Sounds like you're going to be a busy guy again with Raptors and Leafs going. Yeah, I just hope I get it straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't mix up don't the ask two teams. That would be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I said this uh, before. I mean, I, I think that a lot of us go back to 2013 when Masai first showed up and, and and the things that happened. But this is not a literal comparison. It might be a general comparison. But this team that the Raptors have is um, young. It's it's big. It's got um, length. It's got uh, versatility. It's got athleticism. I don't know exactly where any of this goes, but I think getting there will be all the fun. How about you? Absolutely. I think that's the big question is where exactly is this franchise going with this new kind of found look of guys being 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, Pascal, you know, it was mentioned during uh, the, the, his media press conference that he's one of the tallest guys on the team at 6'10". And he's like, am I? He couldn't believe it. And he's like, I'm actually still growing. Um, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> where they, how they look offensively. We know with the Raptors, a lot of, um, you know, question marks around their half-court offense last season and how that looked and who's going to be the playmaker. But one thing's for sure, they're going to look good on defense. They have all that, that length and athleticism. 
And last season, you know, when it came to rebounding and, and, you know, they were the bottom half of the league, it was actually abominable how terrible they were. And so we're hoping, you know, you're hoping that that is going to change with all this length and athleticism. But it'll be exciting to see. And, you know, Gordon Dragic was just talking about it. He's like, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of young guys and a lot of new faces on this team. But they still have those champions. You know, you still have the Fred and Reed, the Pascal, the OG, and those guys who are going to anchor the team and they know how to win. Goran's been in the league for 14 years. He's already saying, you know, I want to step up and be a leader. I can do it. I learned from Steve Nash in Phoenix. So while there are some young guys like Scotty Barnes and, and you know, even even uh, Malachi Flynn's, it, there's I think there's a nice mix of veterans who, who are going to lead this team. And, and, of course, you know, Nick Nurse and, and Masai and this organization in general, you know, I feel good about it. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know how you're feeling today, but I think there's a lot of optimism heading into this season, especially after what we saw last year. Yeah, I mean, you, you tend, uh, and I think we did, uh, we didn't judge, didn't make any judgments last year because we had really didn't have uh, a real clear idea as to some, to some of the, the speed bumps they had to deal with because we weren't there. But but having said that, yeah, I, I am optimistic. I don't know exactly how it works, but I always go back to that. I think it was the month of February where they I think they won once and we did all those games, and, and yet even though they were they didn't win, there were moments in those games where you thought, okay, this, this could go somewhere, you know, the different starting lineups and – you, you wouldn't wish that on, on Coach Nurse again, but but it's intriguing because you respect the coaching staff in the front office, and and so there's there's a lot of moving parts here. You want to see how it meshes together, and and that's I think where we are this season. Definitely, but what's the difference between this season and last season is, and I was thinking, really thinking about this last year. It felt like for the entire year, the organization, the team, the players, everyone was just kind of treading water. You know, you know how with yeah. Jeff, they always say it is on a pond and they look calm and they look cool and they're presenting well, but underneath they're like just trying to stay afloat. I felt like that was the Toronto Raptors. And, and the, it never felt like there was any direction with this team last year. Just like, where are they going? What's happening with this Aaron Baines, Alex Len experiment? What, what is happening with Kyle Lowry when, you know, we thought he was already out the door at the trade deadline? And, and this year there's a little bit more, uh, confirmation or clarity, if you will, you know, um, Masai is invested in, in, in this idea of these long athletic guys, as we just mentioned. And, and, the, and, and, you know, with Scotty Barnes being the highest pick they've had in over a decade, you, you know, there's just, there, there's that optimism there. And with Kyle out the door now, um, you know, Pascal is talking about, okay, he's ready to take that leadership role. He's ready to be the guy. As much as he, you know, people wanted to wanted him to be the guy because he he's making this match contract, it was still Kyle's team. And so he had to kind of tread lightly around that. But now, with Kyle out the door, there's a clear-cut path for him and for Fred to take the reins. And so I, I think this is just going to, you know, it's a new team. It's, it's a new era for the Toronto Raptors. And as much as you want to, like, hang on to the idea of what they were, that championship team, and, and not let that go, that's not this team anymore. They're headed in a new direction, and we have to be ready to go with them. Although, I don't really know where that is, but we got to be ready to go, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about the navigation system. We're just gonna we're gonna oh, go on instinct yeah. here, and, and we're not gonna yeah. not gonna listen to that little voice in the dashboard telling us to turn right because we're not. Uh, I I agree with all of that. I mean, it, it's uh, it's intriguing, and I think maybe three or four years down the road, we'd look back to this season as the start of wherever wherever that is. Three or four years down the road, this is definitely the the, the start in that direction, isn't it? 
It is. Yeah. You know, like Gary Trent Jr., can you imagine? He played all of last season with this, well, not all of last season, after the trade deadline with this team and, you know, just stepped foot into Toronto uh, recently. He's talking about the city and how excited it is to be here. You know, his dad played here. And so he, he has this kind of foundation of what this city is like. And now he's finally able to be in it and absorb in it. And uh, like, it's one thing to play for a team in a city, but if you're not in it, how can you be invested? And so I feel like these guys are really going to be invested. And, and you know, the, the, going back to Goran Dragic, like, he obviously got off on the wrong foot with his team and the franchise in this city, but just listening to him, he sounded really endearing, and he did sound exciting. And, and I don't want to say, like, he, he's not an actor here. He, he doesn't sound like he was putting on. I, I really feel like, you know, his future is questionable, but for the time that he is here, he's he's proven in his 14 years that he's a professional, and, and he's going to give it his all. And so uh, now that, the, again, everyone is back in town, fans are going to be back in the building, we know Masai is going to be here, there's no more questions about whether Masai is leaving, what's happening with him, I think we can really take a step forward and exhale and now just really take in this team. It's uh, interesting. I have the this, this starting lineup in front of me, and as, as I look at it, I, I think, okay, I, I like the starting lineup, but but because uh, uh, Pascal is out with injury, he's not going to be there at the start. And so then you go to the second and third tier, and, and clearly, you know, when you get to you know who steps in, Dragic, mm-hmm. uh, Malachi Flynn, Scotty Barnes, Boucher, and and uh, Precious Ochua. I mean, there are some there are some great names there. Don't know exactly what they're going to do, but but that's a that's a nice compliment, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice to have some depth, right? It's nice to have some options this year. You couldn't say that all the time last year. Like, Jim, there were there were games where Stanley Johnson w- was starting, and no offense to Stanley Johnson, but Stanimal wasn't the answer. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who fills in for Pascal. I, I personally, I kind of feel like it's Chris Boucher's role uh, to lose. Uh, he proved last season, you know, that he, he can shoot, uh, he can defend, he, he was just put in awkward positions at times because he's not a natural five. He's, he's a slim build. And so if he's, if he's in that four role, I think he can excel a little bit better. And he showed that growth last year. So I kind of feel like it's his because he kind of proved it last year. But how do you not argue, you know, to see Scotty Barnes, the shiny new toy? Like everybody wants to see him in games and how he's going to perform in the NBA. And, and everybody's talking about this guy and just, what, a, what an electric personality he is. And can you imagine what he's going to bring uh, to the floor in front of the fans? It, I'm just really excited to see what he's, what he's going to show. But we have to forget, you know, we have to remember, I mean, like he's still a rookie. He, there's going to be a, a huge learning curve for this guy. And even guys like Malachi, as, as, as promising as he looked last season, like we have to temper our expectations. Like he didn't really have a, a, a real season last year. Um, if you will. So, you know, well, there is a lot to look forward to. I think the depth on this team is, is going to be so much better. Precious Achua is another guy. Gordon Dragic was talking about him. He's just entering his second year. But, again, the length, the athleticism, the defense is there, the, and, and the willingness to grow. And we know what the franchise can do when, in terms of developing players. So um, it's, it, it could be nothing but good things for sure. Well, and, and certainly the five hole is, is a, a big improvement from a year ago. So Birch, Achua, and maybe Freddie Gillespie down the middle, which is, uh, I mean, they're, they're nice complimentary players. Uh, Kim Birch was, was, was a nice fit right from the start. Uh, just a complete void there when they started a year ago. And, you know, to add to Freddie, you've got, uh, Delano Benton, who will join us later on, and, uh, Wantanabe. I mean, there, there's great depth here when you get to the lower regions of the roster. 
Yeah, there really is. There's going to be some battles in training camp. Um, you know, Delano Benton is, is going to be an exciting one to watch. Of course, you know, a, a local guy here, and how can you not cheer for him to, you know, to, to make the team and be on the team? Um, but last season, I think we, you know, we've, we've lost some lives. We've lost some days of our lives talking about uh, that center position and, and what the Raptors were doing with it. And now there's some, you know, stability to that with Cam Birch. Uh, you know, Freddie Gillespie showed some signs last season that he's capable. Like he's definitely willing. He's definitely got the energy. And then, you know, you can have Precious Achua in that spot as well. Um, so they do have some viable options this year. And, and hopefully, Jim, that we, we don't have to, you know, lose our minds having to watch what they're going to do with that five spot last Because last year, oh. it was tough. It was really tough at times. And, you know, and Nick North, you know, Nick North's hand was forced. He, he, he was, had to play this small ball, had to play the, these lineups that he probably wouldn't have wanted to play. Like, I'm sure he didn't want to have to play Chris Boucher as often as he did. And, and maybe that's what influenced them saying this is, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go huge. Everyone's going to be tall and athletic and long because last year traumatized them. And uh, I, I think it's going to work out. I think it's going to be a good look. Because every time, like, when, when they would play the 76ers, what did we always say? Oh, man, they got length. They, they're tall. They're athletic. How, how are the Raptors going to keep up with them? And now they can keep up with them. They're going to be that team that other, other teams don't want to play. Nice to have the optimism back. I mean, quite frankly, I think Nick Nurse set an NBA record for making chicken soup without chicken last year. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sure did. And, and what does that say? I mean, like they weren't completely um, out of it yet in the last couple of you know the last couple of weeks. You know, they clearly mailed it in without telling us all that. But again, you know, their hand was forced last year. I think what happens to them with COVID and 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 the way it hit the team and the, and the coaching staff can't be underestimated. Um, it's not an excuse, but it's a real thing. You know, Pascal really was affected by that. He never really came out and talked about it last year, but, you know, he lost weight. And I'm sure it, it, it was hard for him to get back from that. But now, New Year, fresh start. He really integrated himself into the city, you know, riding the subway, trying to be a man of the people. And, and, and it looks like he's ready to be a leader. He was really vocal. He was smiling. We won't probably won't see him till like November or December, but I'm excited to see this this kind of new version, if you will, of Pascal. Yeah, Pascal, OG, and, and Freddie really driving uh, driving this thing forward. It'll be nice to see their their on court leadership, and you know, Freddie's like a, a playing coach as Kyle was anyway, right? Yeah, Freddie's just a natural leader, right? Like he, he's a silent, he's not a quiet guy, but he he's in a there's intent at every time he speaks, and and you know he's a natural leader. And Pascal was talking about, like, if you look at Kyle Lowry's leadership style and, and DeMar's leadership style back in the day, those are the guys that, you know, he looked up to uh, on the come up. They're very different leaders. And, and Pascal was like, I'm not a Kyle. I'm not a Freddie. I'm going to try to be who I am. And he's trying to get out of his shell more. He said he's trying to get uncomfortable. He's trying to text guys when normally he wouldn't text guys to say, you know, how are you doing? What's happening? Let me help you with this. And so the fact that he has that, you know, consciousness, uh, he's ready to do that, I think it signals a lot. And he said, you know, Masai pulled him, OG, and Freddie aside and said, hey, this is your team now. Everyone, everyone else on, else on the team either hasn't been here or is younger than you guys. So you guys are going to be the ones uh, responsible in shaping and molding this team. And those three guys, Jim, they're, they're champs. They know what it takes to win. So if there's anyone that's going to leave a team, you want it to be someone who's been there and done that. 
I mean, that is probably the best point of them all, Nikki, when you think of it is um, this, this is a, sort of a reboot uh, franchise trying to uh, build its way back to the top. And the, the leadership group, the three guys, are veterans, and all, albeit that OG didn't play uh, because of the appendicitis uh, in the championship run. But the three guys there that, are, that are, are stirring this definitely have championship experience, and that doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And the guy, you know, I defer to Fred, who's kind of the de facto leader of the three. Um, he, he learned from Kyle. He learned, he, he learned from Kyle. He, Kyle taught him, you know, not everything he knows, but everything he knows about being a leader and setting that tone. And so, so you're right. And, and, you know, Nick Nurse is still a championship coach the last time I checked and he knows what it takes to win. And he's, he's, he's that coach again that wants to do things that are out of the norm and kind of, you know, uh, keep the opposing teams on their heels. I'll go back to boxing one, and so it's you know even even Fred was saying I'm excited to see what Nick is going to do with all this length and athleticism. I'm sure he has some tricks up his sleeve. So I know it's the beginning of the season. Everyone's excited and optimistic. Let's see how we feel. Uh, you know, <laughs> let's see how we feel in December <laughs> and January. Um, but right now, I think there's a lot of things to look forward. And the fact that they're going to they're back at home, uh, Jim, uh, is, is a definitely a great start. Absolutely. Nikki, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. That's Nikki Reyes, my partner on Raptors Game Night, and of course, uh, doing Sports Center work on TSN as well. We're going to talk about the Leafs coming up next with James Myrtle. A couple of things. Um, Sheldon Keefe, uh, according to Kristen Chilton, isn't too amped about discussing the Leafs All or Nothing uh, series that'll uh, debut later this week. Um, he says the show is going to bring up a lot of questions and things. I'm not going to entertain a lot of your questions on it, to be honest, because we're moving ahead with what's happening here, which makes uh, perfect sense. And uh, there is a, an adjustment on the power play. Uh, Marner goes to the bumper in the power play, then Nylander on the half wall, and Keith talked about that. Um, he says uh, we feel like that's an area underutilized by us on the bumper. He's got a good ability and, and better than anyone we have in terms of getting out of tight spaces and creating a play that would otherwise uh, not be there. And Marner said he's been watching video of Braden Point's work in that position on the power play, and, and so they're, they're going to work. And, and, you know, quite frankly, we'll get into this with Mr. Myrtle. The power play could, could add such uh, a, uh, what am I looking for, uh, such a margin, a uh, plus margin for the Leafs if that thing was to, to uh, actually hit the way it should all season long and in the playoffs. I mean, that, that's, that's a game-breaker right there. There's no question about that. So James Myrtle is next with us from The Athletic. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050 Live and your radio live streaming and podcasting and on demand on Apple CarPlay and Android Auto through the iHeartRadio Canada app. Toronto Today, Jim Taddy with you. Leafs Lunch will return prior to the start of the Maple Leaf Hockey season. Uh, let's talk about the Leafs who are in Montreal tonight. And, you know, six preseason games, three against the Habs, three against Ottawa, and that's it. And then the season opener against Montreal, October 13th, and we'll have that live here on TSN 1050. Let's bring in James Myrtle, the athletic senior managing editor, to talk about the Leafs. James, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Jim. How's it going? Good. I, you know, a lot of notes basically on on game one. What what uh, what jumped off the page for you in that uh, that performance against Montreal on Saturday night? I mean, they look good. I mean, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to evaluate given it looked like Montreal had like a pretty young team with a lot of you know minor league and and even some junior guys and stuff they're playing. And so, but you know, I, I liked what I saw from you know some of the newcomers like Josh Hosang. Uh, I thought Michael Bunting looked looked good and tenacious. Um, you know, there weren't 
there weren't really um, a lot of concerns, I wouldn't say, from what the Leafs brought to the table there. And it was, you know, it was a good tune-up. I mean, honestly, like being there at the rink, the big thing for me was, I mean, the fans were back. It felt like a Leafs game again. And it's the first time I've been to a game that felt like that in, I mean, what are we at, 18, 19 months? So yeah. it's, it's, it was almost like, you know, kind of like nature is healing. Is it, You know, the Scotiabank Arena for the first time in a very long time, felt like Scotiabank Arena in a Leafs game. And so that was good, and, and the Leafs played well. So, you know, a couple positives there on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to uh, go too far with a reaction. I thought the Bunting, Tavares, and Hosang line looked, looked pretty good. Bunting's intriguing for me because of the analytics, and, and so I don't know exactly how this – this translates, but everybody that follows analytics speaks very highly of him, and I think we saw it on the goal and, and his play. And Hosang, for me, uh, looked like a guy who's going to earn himself a contract and maybe long-term uh, has a future on this Leaf roster maybe later in the season. How about you? Yeah, I think that that's a good read on Hosang. I think, you know, if I'm the Leafs, I, I put him with the Marlies and give him lots of ice time there and put him on the top power play unit and, and see what he gives you there and see if you feel like you can trust him you know, on both sides of the park and get him working with the development staff. Um, you know, I think there's some things, you know, with his skating and, and things like that he can still continue to improve on. And I know that that's something that he worked on in the summer was kind of his explosiveness and his speed a little bit more. Um, the, the reality is that the Leafs are pretty jammed up in terms of all the one-way contracts they've got for forwards. So there's not really a natural fit for him to come in with the Leafs right out of camp. So I'm sure that he's coming in on the PTO realizing that he's probably going to start with the Marlies. And, and it sounds like from what he said last week that he's he's fine with that. So, you know, why not? There's a guy that has some NHL-level skills that it just hasn't come together for him. And you look at the numbers that he's had uh, in, in the limited time he was with the Islanders when he was basically a kid still, 20 years old, and they're not bad. So, you know, I think he's a, guy, he's a good reclamation project for this team. And Michael Bunting, I mean... You know, I, for whatever reason, he only got into 26 games on a pretty weak Arizona team and, and organization. Uh, he could be one of those guys that's a diamond in the rough, and he's someone that, that Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas know really well going back uh, to the junior days. And, you know, I think that he can be something like a, a poor man, Zach Hyman, just in the way he likes to play in the corners. He likes to play in front of the net. Um, and it's interesting that it looks like they're going to play him with John Tavares to start the season. Well, that's a pretty good opportunity for a guy that hasn't played a lot of NHL games. Yeah, agreed. Um, the guy who jumped off the page for me, just because, and it's only one game, so I'm not going to start a parade here, but, but I always look for a guy who, uh, you know, there's a specific role for him on the team, and, and clearly he figured that out right away. Curtis Gabriel, I thought, played a heck of a game. Yeah, I knew that. when As soon as you started saying that, I knew who you were going to you were gonna point to. <laughs> I, I think that... <laughs> You know, he he's, he does have a one-way contract. I don't think that there's probably room for him on the roster full-time, but I think he'll probably be a guy that'll go up and down from the AHL. And, you know, when there's an opponent or a game where they feel like they need what he brings to the lineup, which is, you know, size, physicality, you know, those kind of things, I think that that's when you'll see him play for the Leafs. So, you know, it's another another hometown guy willing to come here, you know, sign for not a lot of money and, and, and willing – you know, you hear it from the veteran guys. They're willing to come here and play a kind of a hybrid role between the Leafs and the Marlies because it's in the same city. You know, that's what Alex Biega, the, the veteran defenseman they signed, was, was willing to sign here for that reason. And he's going to be a guy that moves up and down as well when there's injuries on defense. So, you know, I think that that's probably what you're going to see from Curtis Gabriel. And, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, the Leafs are really trying to make sure they have that element. They don't have a lot of it really on, on defense. 
this season with, with Bogosian moving on. They still have Jake Muzzin, but most of their so-called team toughness is going to be up front, and I think Gabriel will be a piece of that. Uh, let's talk about tonight's game in Montreal. So Richie and Marner is supposed to be on the same line centered by Brooks. I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by a camp between Kashyap and, and Gusev. I don't know exactly how Gusev projects either, but what are your thoughts on, on those top two lines? Basically what you've got is Adam Brooks acting as a placeholder until Austin Matthews is going to be back. It, it sounds, uh, from what I have heard, Austin Matthews might even be able to get into a preseason game, so it sounds like he's going to be ready for the start of the regular season no matter what. Uh, but that gives Brooks a chance to show his skill. He's another guy that's really going to be on the bubble to try and win a roster spot. Uh, Sheldon keeps a big fan of Adam Brooks from from having him down with the Marlies. And, you know, I could see him being a guy who ends up as, you know, the 13th forward, a guy who can play center on the fourth line. And Gusev, Kampf, and Kasha, is, that's a really interesting mix there. <clears throat> They're trying to see what, what Gusev can bring. And is he someone that, that potentially could play kind of, you know, fourth line role and chip in some offense. He had one decent year in New Jersey and then a terrible season last year. He's small. He's not the greatest skater. But if you look at his numbers in the KHL, they're unbelievable. I believe he I think he had over eighty points one year in the KHL. They don't they don't play an eighty two game schedule there. So, you know, he's he's put up massive numbers in the KHL. It just hasn't really translated to North America. So they'll play him with a couple other European guys and they'll see how it goes. Um Kampf and Kasha are are basically best friends. Uh, they grew up together in the Czech Republic, played together in junior hockey. They're going to want to play together with the Leafs. And I think that, you know, watching Kasha in, in training camp, the, the limited time I've been around the team so far, he looks really, really good. And if he's healthy, I think he's a wild card in terms of a guy who might be able to play higher in the lineup. So I'm intrigued to watch that line tonight. Uh, intriguing stuff out of practice today that the power play alignment when they're all in the same game Marner and Nylander sort of swapping uh, Marner off the half boards into the bumper and Nylander along the half boards what are your thoughts on that I think it makes a lot of sense you know what they were lacking last year was more shooting threats and and specifically another shooting threat from either the point which they don't really have in, in Morgan Riley or from from the half ball so what they're going to try and do is they want to they want to pull the the PK box apart from the other team, and the only way you can do that is if you've yeah. got shooting threats on both wings. So, you know, they're going to look for the the, the cross ice between Matthews and Nylander more frequently, where they can go all the way across if there's not a shot for them, and that's going to open up more lanes. So that's really what they're looking for, and. I, I think, you know, Marner said today when they talked to him uh, when when he did his availability today after after the skate, he said that he's never played in that bumper position before, but I think he's got the right skill set for it. I mean, he's, he's so good and tight. He's got good hands. You don't necessarily need a big shot from that spot. Um, you just need, you need to be quick, uh, and you need to be able to think really, really fast. So it's interesting that you know a player as skilled as as he is has never never played there and if it works i think it it could work out really really well for the leaves obviously they got to try something different from last year because the power play was basically a disaster for the last 30 games of the season and, and into the playoffs so it makes a lot of sense for me to to go this route james thanks for your time i'm sure we'll chat later in the week thank you okay thanks jim
That's James Myrtle, and uh, he is the Athletics Senior Managing Editor. You know, the, the power play, I mean, you know, obviously it was stagnant, uh, and when it looked bad and when it wasn't functioning, it just it was hard to watch because the zone entry was a bit of a mystery, and then when they got in there, as, as James just testified, they didn't break down the box on the other team. It was just, uh, here's what we're going to do. Oh, you're going to stop it. Oh, well, I mean, it just wasn't, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if the, there was just uh, not wanting to tinker with it because of the talent on the ice or whatever. I mean, we saw it. It didn't work, so once the, the other team figured out what they were going to do there didn't seem to be a plan b but already there, there is a plan b and it's going to be intriguing because as i said earlier such a difference this could make a huge difference in a hockey game or in a series for the least because it can be that good coming up next we hope to have delano batten on from the toronto raptors this is toronto today on tsn 1050 live on your radio live streaming and podcasting and on demand and apple carplay and android auto through the iheart radio canada app <laughs> Toronto today, Jim Taddy with you till 1 o'clock, and it's Matt Cause and Gameplay. Just looking over my Raptors Leafs schedule. So the Leafs are busy tonight in Montreal. Uh, next game for them will be Wednesday in Ottawa. We'll have that game for you on TSN 1050 tonight on TSN 1050 Philadelphia and Dallas. Uh, and the Monday night game we will have for you. Uh, the Raptors preseason starts a week tonight, and there's only three games. And then they open uh, October 20th at home to Washington, which will be a nice feature. Uh, in the Montreal-Toronto game tonight, Habs and Leafs, Micaiah playing again. So that's two games in a row. And quite frankly, again, you know, it looks good, but on Saturday night, um, frustrating. You see him going on that breakaway, and you just want him to just shoot short side, but goes for the deep. But you hope he figures it out. A lot of attributes there, and you just hope he pieces it all together. Uh, so we talked about the Monday night football game. Uh, so uh, in headline form uh, from yesterday, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, you know, really, the uh, Super Bowl rematch took a major hit. Chiefs and Bucks both losing. Rams 34-24 over the Bucks and Chargers 30-24 over Casey. Casey's actually last in their own division. And I put Green Bay and Buffalo in sort of the same uh, file because they, they didn't look good in week one. Green Bay uh, gets the 30-28 win over the Niners, and the Bills just uh, took apart Washington 43-21. So there's Green Bay with 37 seconds left and no timeouts marching down the field to set up a game-winning field goal. That's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, even when when uh, the, the Niners were going ahead and they had the sideline shot of him, he didn't look perplexed at all. There was nothing there to worry about. I mean, he just knew that he was going to get his opportunity. And of course, he went to his favorite receiver, who had almost been KO'd on a helmet to the head uh, minutes before. Remarkable. And then there's that weirdo Lions curse thing. 66-yard field goal as time expired. Justin Tucker uh, kicking Baltimore past Detroit, 1917 in Detroit. And and I, I don't know if you caught this or not. I actually watched the game live, and the play clock had expired on the play prior to the field goal, which means the play that got him in the field goal range, the play clock had expired. Greg Gumbel had said, hey, they're out of time, or he said zero, and, and one steamboat later in the play happens, and a lot of controversy there. Uh, no controversy here. In fact, a joyous occasion. Let's bring in Delano Batten, uh, newly, uh, of course, drafted by the Raptors, first Canadian the Raptors have ever drafted in franchise history. Delano, welcome. How are you today, sir? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I mean, you have had, over the last couple of months, you get drafted first Canadian by the Raptors. Great summer league. Uh, you're going to tip with Scotty Barnes. You're saying hi to Drake. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. How do you feel about it? Um, You know, I feel great, man. Just kind of just trying to live in the moment and not take anything for granted. You know, it's a dream come true and just, you know, living it, taking it day by day and just, you know, just feeling very appreciative of the whole situation and just trying to get better day by day. 
I mean, I, I actually love the summer league. I, I think it's the best of, that any pro sports does. I mean, hockey has uh, tournaments that prior to training camp, but that summer league thing is—it's like a full league experience. What, what was your take from it? How, how did you improve? What, what did you learn there? Um, you know, definitely, I felt like I improved game by game. You know, kind of just—it feels great putting putting the uniform on the first time and getting your first time out there before the season even starts and just kind of get a feel for the game and you know you feel the change of it early and the speed of the game and just the pace of it but you know I feel like it was a great experience for me you know for the whole team for the team as a whole and just kind of getting to know yourself more and just what you need to improve on and what you need to continue working on looking forward to the season. That's great I mean you actually get sort of a definition of what a Raptor is don't you? Yeah exactly. Uh, fun times. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, let's go back to your early days, uh, raised in the Rexdale area of Toronto. So when you think back on it, what do you, what do you, uh, you know, what do you remember about it, uh, and, and who had an influence on your life? Um, you know, I feel like just the whole community itself had the biggest influence on my life and just kind of grow, growing up in that environment where, you know, helping the next person or needing help from the next person kind of just helped build me to, you know, become the person I am today and have that grit and that hunger just to, you know, take that extra step or run that extra mile. You know, I feel like just coming from that background in the neighborhood of Rexville just, you know, puts me in position to grind every day. And, you know, I feel like that's what I take the most from it and just having that grit and that hunger. Now, how, how did this start for you? I mean, what got you into basketball? Um, you know, I feel like just being in the neighborhood, you know, having a basketball court right there and just everybody playing all the time and it just turned into a routine from a young age, just literally playing basketball all day, every day for years and years and years. And then, you know, I feel like all those days just add up and, you know, once you just put your mind to something and, you know, you go hard and you go hard and, you know, you just don't let anybody's criticism or don't let anything stop, you know, the sky's the limit for everyone. So, you know, I believed in myself and I just continued to grind. I guess I want to ask this question about because you're so young. I have to say this. I mean, you were you're just a little kid when when Vince Carter was was making a name for himself with the Raptors. So, what kind of an influence did the Raptors, the the franchise, the fact that the franchise is in Toronto, you're born and raised in Toronto? What kind of a, a, an impact did it have on you? Um, you know, it had a big a big impact. You know, growing up in Rexler, we got a lot of um, you know, tickets to the games. For, to our community center. So, you know, I've been to a lot of Raptors games growing up and, you know, going to a lot of Raptors camps, seeing DeMar DeRozan and, like, Chris Bosh and, you know, seeing them give back to different type of communities. Just, you know, it's, it's what you want to do when you're at those camps. You see yourself in their shoes and wanting to do the same thing for your community. So, you know, I had a lot of experience with the Raptors going up, going to a lot of NBA Cares events and stuff like that. So, you know, they were they were they were in the community a lot and you know, being from Toronto you get to see the Raptors around, so it's not like they're just a team that nobody gets to see. So so tell us, I mean you've had the media sessions, you're on air, air with us now and, and obviously camp starts tomorrow. At this this moment, what does this feel like? You know, it's still every day I wake up and it's surreal, man, just going through this process and day by day just literally even if it's just workouts you know, it's surreal. If it's just a physical, it's surreal. Just being a part of the NBA and being a part of the Raptors organization is, you know, what I dreamed of growing up in Toronto. So, you know, every day is just a dream come true for me. You know, knowing what we know about the Raptors, I mean, the front office is is very, uh, you know, very good at developing players. The coaching staff is a very open-minded in terms of what to look for in a player. I, I would think that this might be the best organization for a young player to be drafted by. What What are your thoughts on that? 
Um, you know, I definitely feel the same way. You know, also being from Toronto, seeing the work that they put in with their guys to develop them and, you know, seeing the track record and the long track record that they have of, develop, of their development team and getting guys to their next contract and to that next level to take that next step in their game. So, you know, I feel like the Raptors, whoever gets drafted by them is blessed because, you know, they're going to be put in a position where people want to see you do good and see you do well and see you get better every day. I'm not asking you to betray any confidences here, but obviously you've had conversations with the front office and, and the coaching staff. What what have they told you that they would expect out of you? Um, you know, just to continue to get better and, you know, take my craft very seriously. You know, just being a professional, it's a lot different than college. So just coming in every day, whether you want to do it or not, professionals come into work every day and, you know, do their job. So, you know, just kind of being professional and learning how to be a professional and, you know, just working hard, continuing to put on weight on my body, continuing to work on my jump shooting and, you know, everything. You can't, you can never stop working on anything. So just my all-around game as a whole and just trying to get better day by day. So when you were a, a little younger, because you're so young now, but who was the guy that you you watched play that you thought, boy, I would love to be able to do that? You know, I watched a lot of guys growing up. I watched a lot of Raptors. You know, I watched them. Um, but my guy who I really watched, I would say, is, you know, I watched a lot of, like, Rajon Rondo and, you know, other guys. A lot of guys, a lot of point guards. Well, that's uh, that's that's lofty stuff, that's for sure. Delano, thanks very much. All the best to you, and we're really thrilled that you're with the Raptors. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. It's been great talking to you. Thank you very much. That's Delano Batten, uh, of course, the first Canadian drafted by the Raptors, 46th overall, and just another great story. Uh, you know, the Raptors with their player development, second to none. Um, I got to say, uh, you know, it's uh, this is a top-heavy league, and and obviously you'd like the star players, and, and and that's fine. But if you don't have them, you better have a plan B. And the Raptors are really industrious and, and very forward uh, with that uh, the player development. I mean, that's the, that's the trick when you watch a Raptors game, even if it doesn't work out, and, and that's sort of where we are. That you know, it's not a championship run anymore, but it's it's the transition to, to working the way back to that. You want to see the development of the players. It's it's extremely interesting and intriguing to watch. Uh, we have Pascal Siakam, and so he spoke today as well. I mean, they all spoke, right? And so Pascal Siakam uh, was asked about being the guy, um, and um, it, it, you know, this was this something that we talked about with his agent. And, it, and so here here's a Spicy P's take on that. Um, and I think for me, just coming in um, in a year where you know there was COVID and and everything happening, you know, trying to figure out my role and trying to figure out who, where I fit in, you know, in a team, um, you know, like knowing when to say something or not. Or um, I just feel like again, obviously, like Kyle is such a natural leader and um, and and his presence definitely felt. And 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 for me, again, coming as a young kid, we look up to these to these guys. And and I think for me, it was just kind of like understanding where I stand or where my position was, but. Um, and, and now I think that obviously with Kyle gone, now it's like there's no questions, right? Like it's like um, I remember we had a you know, conversation with Masai and it was me, OG, it was Fred. And it was like, you know, everyone else is going to be young or either like I haven't been here. You guys are the people that are here and, and, and you know, we're going to go wherever you guys take us. And I think that that's the, kind of like the focus and, and um, we're going to do it together. And, and, and for me, like, uh, again, I just want to be... Like, I, I really, I don't like the word the guy because, like, I, I don't really even like using that, you know. I want to be the guy who wins. Like, I want to win. Like, that's all I care about. And if it's playing more defense, if it's scoring more points, if it's being, like, a more of, like, a, a vocal leader or maybe more, like, someone that, you know, just, like, a le leading by example, like, that's what I want to do. Like, I just want to figure out what my role is and whatever I can do to help the team win, that's what I'm going to do. 
Uh, so, really, Spicy P saying no guy to the guy. Uh, and, and it's intriguing. As I said with Nikki earlier in the broadcast, I mean, you've got a, a front office that's won a championship, coaching staff that's won a championship, and when you look at the starting five, Freddie, OG, and, and Pascal. And again, OG had the appendicitis during the championship run, but that's a nice place to start uh, in terms of having a, a structure to build around. And, and I would assume that, that you know, Freddie, OG, and, and Pascal are all three of them are the guy because they have to be. They're, they have the experience, they carry the keys to the franchise. Uh, Drogic was was there, and of course, uh, in the summer was uh, quoted as not being thrilled about the possibility. But he did uh, go out of his way to to apologize for that again today. I mean, yeah, everything what happened in the past, uh, you know, it, it came out wrong. Um, I did apologize, and I want to apologize right now too. Um, it, it was not my intention, but uh, you know, organization and the players they were me welcome was really nice all the guys are nice um, they want me you know to to feel comfortable and I do feel comfortable here for the past two weeks I did explore the city a little bit um, get to know the players of course it's a brand new group of guys young guys uh, we rock we walk around the city a little bit and everything but um, for me it's just like I said before just to be here for them I'm a professional. I play in this league for 14 years, so I love basketball. I'm going to do everything what it takes to to be part of this team and to help young 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 players to grow. I think so. That's the most important thing for me in, in that career to help young players to you know to overcome all difficulties that they're going to have during the season and to be there for them. Dragic uh, trying to, well, I guess he did. He, he apologized, and, and we'll look forward to his contribution with the Raptors. So just a couple of things to, to sum it up before we make way for Matt Cause and gameplay at the top of the hour. I just want to circle back on my Lions because I did some research yesterday, and going back to 1960, 61 years, have made the playoffs 12 times. So that's 49 out, right? And in the 12 years that they made the playoffs, which is very sporadic, they have one playoff victory. Uh, in 1970, uh, Tom Dempsey playing for the Saints kicked a field goal to beat the Lions 63 yards, set an NFL record. And yesterday, uh, that record had been broken since the 66 yarder with a time clock violation by Tucker gives Baltimore the win. So the way I looked at it was 51 years later. We're looking at a team that can't make the playoffs and gets beaten by a destiny field goal. I mean, that's a long time to, to suffer like that. I mean, it's just absolutely no high water mark for the Lions. I, I rest my peace. I, I'm not going to say any more on it. The Jays are idle tonight. So is Boston. So is the Yankees. Seattle's playing Oakland. Uh, the way it stands right now, the Yankees have a half, or sorry, a full game lead over Boston, two game lead over Toronto, three games over Seattle. So Toronto, the, to sort through the math, is a game behind Boston and Seattle is two behind Boston. So Seattle could be 1.5 after tonight should they win. Um, everybody has six games left. Uh, Seattle has a day off later in the week. Boston, Yankees, and Jays all idle today. And, of course, the Jays will finish with um, the Yankees and Baltimore. Uh, the six games are at home. Yankees finish at Toronto and at home to Tampa. Boston finishes at Baltimore for three, at Washington for three. And Seattle finishes all at home to Oakland for three and the Angels for three. Uh, the rotation looks like this. Ryu tomorrow night for the Jays. Uh, Barrios Wednesday, Ray Thursday, Manoa Friday, Saturday is uh, negotiable, and Sunday is, is Matt, so they don't have Saturday starter picked yet, so we'll have to see exactly what happens there. But clearly, uh, tomorrow night's game against the Yankees 
is huge with Ryu starting. If he's to come through with a great start, then you know that eases a lot of pressure on everybody else. And just to sum up the weekend, worst case scenario because the Yankees ripped through Boston, and so now uh, Toronto is chasing somebody else. Uh, if they were playing Boston or playing the Yankees head to head and chasing the Yankees uh, for the final wild card spot, that might be a different story. But basically, you know, if they want to host, they pretty well have to win out against the Yankees, and we'll see. I mean, it's just all kinds of possibilities here. So I don't want to get, I don't want to talk myself into a corner. Uh, and as for the Leafs against Montreal tonight, we'll have the game Wednesday uh, in Ottawa. And uh, lineup changes, or, or I guess the the ads are Mikheyev is in, Richie, Marner, uh, Campbell, and Mrazek to watch. So that's our story on Toronto today. We'll be back tomorrow. Leafs lunch will return prior to the start of the Leafs season. Coming up next, Matt Cause and gameplay.